Next song is, There Shall Be Showers of Blessings. I wonder how many of you know that that title, that phrase, comes directly from the Scripture. And of those that knew that, did you know what book in the Bible it comes from? Of all places, Ezekiel. Who would have thought Ezekiel would have that kind of admonition? Actually, Ezekiel, there's a lot of of content there. It's, it's a worthwhile book to read. In Ezekiel 34, verse 26, it says, I will make them in the places round my hill a blessing, and I will cause the showers to come down in his season. There shall be showers of blessing. The tree of the field shall yield her fruit, and the earth shall yield her increase, and they shall be safe in their land, and they shall know that I am the Lord. You see that phrase a lot in the book of Ezekiel, that they shall know that I am the Lord, or thou shalt know that I am the Lord. And we desire those blessings, those showers of blessings. Uh, they are of goodness to us. But in that, I believe God wants his glory to be seen in the church and in his presence by that, by that blessing that he shows upon us. He wants us to know, even as those in that day, the same is true today, that God wants us to know that He is the Lord. Thank you. 
you have your Bible, you can turn to Ecclesiastes. Chapter 12, last two verses. Verse 13 says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Wouldn't that be nice? You know, sometimes in our discussions and the things we work through, it's nice to come to a conclusion. It's nice to see what the point is, what the gist is. And for the writer of Ecclesiastes, it was fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. We think of something secret as maybe not a good thing, evil. But it says evil or good. There are secrets, secret things in the life of God's people that you know, the tears that they may have shed, the, the giving of their lives to God that, you know, they do not let their left hand know what the right hand doeth. Many silent gifts of grace in their life that may be secret. They may not be well known publicly, but God shall bring that to light. God shall provide a reward. There will be a conclusion there's also another conclusion I would like to refer to in Scripture, and that is Revelation, the last book in the Bible, the last chapter of Revelation, 22, verse 6. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true, and the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Things which must shortly be done. We kind of like to know what's going to happen. We like to know the forecast. We can plan a little better maybe in our minds if, if we can see ahead. We are told to keep the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And we see the reaction that John had to this message in verse 8. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard them and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. We have in, built into our being the desire to worship to give honor and praise, and especially in a situation like that, probably in a very much involuntary way, that John directed his worship to that angel, and we see what the angel said. Um, verse 9, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them that keep the sayings of this book. There you have again that, admonition to keep the sayings of this book, but also to direct your worship to God. Our worship can sometimes be misdirected and misappropriated. 
We're here to worship God and not the glories of man or any abilities of man, but that which would point to the sovereign God. Verse 10 says, He saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. Verse 11, here's a conclusion. We're coming to a conclusion here. The he that is unjust, let him be unjust still, and he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. Why would the Bible say this? Why would the Bible, isn't the Bible, the word of God and God himself concerned about those who are unjust? He's saying those who are unjust remain in such a state. But you know, there is a day of reckoning coming where the way things are, that's how they're going to be. With the unjust, we do not presume upon what God's mercy and grace are extended to us in our day of grace, in, our, in the here and now. Let him uh, that is righteous be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. I see a confidence we can, we can have in our hearts, assurance of our hearts, that there is a steadfastness which we can find in being uh, righteous and holy before God by his provisions to us through Christ Jesus. Verse 12 says, And behold, I come quickly. My reward is with me. Twice he says, I come quickly. Verse 12 and verse 7. To give every man according as his work shall be. There we have another thought very similar to what we saw in Ecclesiastes, the, the rewarding of man to the judging that will take place. Jesus says, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. I see the thought there being that of freedom, uh, ability just to um, find freedom in Christ. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Galatians 5, 1. And I see a freedom in what God is calling us to today. God is not offering us the plague. He is offering us life and life more abundantly. There's a verse in John chapter 10, verse 9. It says, Christ says, I am the door. If any man enter in, he shall be saved. That's the start, that's the beginning, but it doesn't end there. It says, and shall go in and out and find pasture. There again, a sense of freedom, going in and out to um, partake of what is available in God's pasture. God wants us to live, move, and have our being and to operate in freedom and in a certain amount of authority under his lordship. I had to think, you know, what about those who have not yet found freedom in our world today and, and a release from that bondage of sin and Satan in the world and the, the darkness that is in the world? We have so many blessings just to be able to be gathered together here with 
not just two or three witnesses, but 20 or 30 witnesses or more. Um, how much of a blessing is that to us? But yet, our hearts sometimes go out, and hopefully more than just sometimes, with compassion toward those we see who have not found the freedom in Christ. I think of the words of a song, Marvelous Grace of Our Loving Lord. It says, Dark is a stain that we cannot hide. What can avail to wash it away? I'd ask that question. Very much like, I guess, a question that is proposed to us in the book of Romans. It says, Who, who can deliver me from this body of this death? Not what can deliver me, it's who. The answer is found in a person. In the goodness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It is found in the promises of God through him. I don't know how you were saved, but I was saved by believing a promise. Romans 4 verse 4 says, Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Romans 5.15 says, For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And also in verse 19, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. It's as if in the book of Romans, God is trying to explain this to us. We like clarification. And maybe sometimes it's hard to always clarify and to nail down the things of God because his ways are so much higher than our ways. But there's a third verse that, again, looks to explain this to us. Verse 18, Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. There's a lot of big words in there. A lot that we can kind of read over and skim over, and it really doesn't always penetrate our, our intellect. But hope, hopefully it, it breaks through and gets through to our faith. And God wants our faith. Sin and despair like the sea waves cold. Threaten the soul with infinite loss. Grace that is greater, yes, grace untold, points to the refuge, the mighty cross. I'm going to ask our song leader, Evan, to lead us in that song, Marvelous Grace of Our Loving Lord. And um, also the second song I would like for us to sing is Angels Holy, High and Lowly, out of the uh, hymns of the church.
Good evening, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here this evening. You can turn to 674 in your hymns of the church. Marvelous grace of our loving Lord, Angels holy, high and lowly, 79. Domine, angel. 
that singing sounds so good. I don't know what we're doing up here. Old Boys Choir and Costly Temple. Is that what we have here this evening? Yeah, that's a little bit the opposite of a little band in leather. Hopefully we find ourselves somewhere between those two. And some of our ideals look to that full voice choir. They don't often hit the mark with what we like to see in our efforts when it comes to singing. But we have a few more songs we'll present to you tonight, and hopefully these will be a blessing to you. Suspense the 
songs where you see me. This could be thought of as a Christmas song. It says, what star is this with beams so bright? It centers around an event in the early life of Jesus that says in scriptures, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east of Jerusalem, saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. I like a phrase in this song. It says, in the eastern sages with amaze or with amazement upon the wondrous token gaze. You know, in the same way, we look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We look at him in amazement at the wonders, the goodness of his life. I think it was some of the apostles in the book of Acts talked about signs and wonders being done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. Do we see those signs and wonders? Do we look at that in amazement upon the Christ child and upon his person interceding now for us in heaven when we look for his appearing? What star is this with beams so bright? What star is this with being so bright, more beauteous than the Sins are dead. 
I like that thought of the death of Christ, our sins were taken care of. They died. Our sins died in that event. And there's a second verse. There's only two verses to this song. It says, look on the heart by sorrow broken. Look on the tears by sinners shed. It's, it's like we are inviting God to see our sorrow and to see the sincerity of our heart and by our tears. Our hearts before God should not have anything to hide. We should be open before Him in that regard. Not all tears are tears of sorrow. Maybe some of the young children here don't know that. But, um, for adults, sometimes there are tears of joy. And that's a blessing to see. Um, to see that when it takes place. And be thy feast to us the token that by thy grace our souls are fed. Watch and pray, for our Lord is coming back to earth again. 